Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's episode. Hey, guess what? Before we get into it, you might have heard, I am drafted to the two Ramagpies as a part of the Carlton Draft. I'm going to be playing a game, dominating, kicking six, and then resetting at quarter time. For the first time in Carlton Draft history, one lucky Victorian women's community club will get the chance to draft the AFLW GOAT, Erin Phillips, to play as a wild card. How bloody good's that? If you want to enter this now to get her down to your football club, visit thecarltondraft.com.au. That's thecarltondraft.com. .au. 18 plus, drink responsibly. Cobram Estate is the most awarded Australian extra virgin olive oil. Let it be the hero when entertaining family and friends. Cobram Estate extra virgin olive oil is fresh and full of flavour. Perfect for roasting, frying, baking, dressing salads and for dipping bread. Make your food taste even better with a little help from Cobram Estate. Premium quality, great tasting and a versatile healthy alternative. Buy in store at all major retailers. Welcome back to The Tradies with myself, Sam McClure, my co-host, Mitch Cleary. We are here each week where we chat the trading, buying and selling of AFL players, season one, episode three. Hello, Mitchell. Hello, Samuel. How are you? Couldn't be better. How was your weekend? Tough. My body's sore. I feel like an AFL player two days on from moving house. Oh, no. You've moved house. It is the worst task known to man, I reckon, and I'm not equipped for it. So you moved from where to where? From... Alwood to Albert Park. Okay, just for all our listeners, it just gives, gives an indication was, as to sort of the lifestyle that <laughs> Mitch is running with. El- Elwood to Albert Park. That's tough, mate. I was That's just tough. I was just thinking whether I should just be more vague, but I thought, no, I've, I'll delve into it here on the, the tradies. But I'm, I'm only good with an Allen key and a screwdriver set. Anything else, you can rule me out. So there's a sponsor with the radio station I work with throughout W. They're called the White Glove Mover. I don't know if you've heard their ads. It's basically like you pay an exorbitant fee. Yeah. They do everything. Like the, their whole thing is they even make your bed, I think. <laughs> I pictured that for you. Is that the kind of I can't I can't picture you going down to budget, renting a van, doing all this the stops yourself. I was a bit halfway, got a removalist, but I was helping the two gentlemen who did a fantastic job in the rain moving the odd items. I, I left the bed and you the fridge done, to them. You would have done less than your lovely partner, Kate. Are you, are, you move, are you moving with her to the next place? Yes. Right, okay. So it's not as though you're both moving from separate places. Into, that would be Yeah, so be uh, a tough job. Body's sore, didn't have- And you settled in now? To a degree, but still, mm-hmm. you know, there's boxes, boxes everywhere and things oh, like that. Months, months but I did text the group over the weekend and say, I'm moving house. And you said, oh, I've just walked out of a pub. <laughs> And I thought I'd love standard, to be there. Standard Saturday text from me. <laughs> I'd love to be there. I was on the broadcast on Saturday night, and you were at a pub. And oh, you said the pod. Don't you start me with workload. The podcast. Oh, you'll lose that argument. <laughs> you'll lose. Is seems like it's garnering some traction. Well, I was at the Mount Erica, which is in Paran. Speaking of great pub. <laughs> speaking of leafy suburbs, <laughs> and uh, it was about must have been about six o'clock. And I was leaving. I was waiting for a tram on High Street because I don't live far away. And this guy stopped the lights, winds down his windows. He goes, <laughs> McClure, love the tradies. Was he a tradie? <laughs> no, he didn't look like one. And I was very, I was, I was up and about. Like there was a spring in my step for that tram ride. Yep. I couldn't have been happier. Got to show another listen on the tram ride. Just to- I did. I did. I found out actually if I listen 10 times, it doesn't count as 10 listens. Though. <laughs> this is Different platforms. This is the sort of- Now, before we get started, make sure you hit the follow or subscribe button so you don't miss a beat. You can rate and review the podcast. Hopefully, you like the tradies. We're getting some good listens. We're getting consistent listens in our two episodes. So we hope you like the content and the content usually starts with the whiteboard. What have you got for us this week? I want to put Darcy Parrish on the whiteboard. After- is he not on the whiteboard? Did we not, not yet. We have him? spoken about 
about him a little bit around the, the gap holes at Essendon and, and what they need, but I want to put him officially on my whiteboard. After two weeks, he's leading the AFL in clearances mm. and Essendon have a conundrum with Darcy Parrish this year. I think on the open market, for a player I believe is an A-grade talent, is worth seven fifty to $800,000. Who's paying him that? As a free agent. Who, tell, me, tell me a club. Give me a club that's paying Darcy Parrish $800,000. I don't think they need him, but North Melbourne paid $750,000 a year for Jared Pollock. And Darcy well, Parrish is twice the player, yeah. five years on as well in the current climate. You're telling me- Richmond, he, he wouldn't be in the top two midfielders. At North? Yep. He, he's not as good as Luke davies No, Nowhere near as good. Who's next? Simpkin? Yep. I'd have Darcy Parrish over Simpkin so I'd far. I'd have Simpkin. I think Parrish is a good player, by the way. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not being- I'm, I'm being a little bit silly, but, but I, I think he's a good agents, player, but he's not an $800,000 player. Free agents always cost more salary-wise because yeah, you, you, know, you don't- Because you yep. yep. And we've just seen Hopper and Taranto leave essentially $750,000 a season each over long-term deals. I think Darcy Parrish is not far, if not the equal of those players. I disagree with that. But I take your point. He's, he's been so what consistent. Do you, what do you think Essendon should do? I think there's an argument they should let him go if they command a first round compensation pick for him. If there's enough money in the market, let's say he does attract a $750,000 to $800,000 offer for him mm. and they finish bottom six, even though they've won the first two games, many think they are a bottom six side overall this year. That's a top six pick coming in. Would you accept Essendon as a compensation pick pick six mm. and allowing Darcy Parrish to leave when you have a look a at question. some of the midfielders they've got on their list coming through? Merritt, Shiel, the youngsters in Hobbs and Sardis, two first round picks. Which we don't know if they're going to be any good. Not yet, but all the raps on Sardis are huge. Caldwell just coming in, starting oh, to make his I way. Like Caldwell. Archie Perkins finding his feet as a yep, mid who will end like up him. as a forward. The big bodied Will Setterfield as well. So there's seven <laughs> midfield options for them. I'm not getting involved in that again. <laughs> there's seven midfield options for them when you don't even include Darcy Parrish. And I think with the Essendon holes on their list, the midfield is one area they're well stocked. The key backs, key forwards are a different question. So I think he's an A grader. Could a club come from him? Just one I did think about was Port Adelaide for Darcy Parrish. They've got Butters, Rosie, Horn Francis. They've got no inside under burrowing midfielders with they've got Willem Drew. Burrowing. But with both leaving, I think there's a role for someone like a Parrish in a side line. They're not going to pay him grand, though. Well, they've got salary cap space. The question that you raise about like whether you take him or a pick yeah. is a really good one. Jared Healy always has had a theory that if guys are under their peak age, so they've what's Parish what, 24? 26. 26, okay. 26, of course, he's free agent. Like he's right on the cusp of the argument because he, his argument was you never trade a guy who's the known quantity over something that like yes, pick six could end up being better than Parrish is. Yep. But he could also be significantly worse. Absolutely. But at 26, is, it, is he worth the risk for the extra eight years that you're getting out of a player? I think the answer is probably yes. I just don't see him as an A-grade player, and he's certainly not an $800,000 player. So if I'm at Essendon, I'm offering him 600 and if he's willing to walk for the extra cash, then so be it. Yeah. I just think there's a fine line between letting him walk for six. Let's say he does walk for 650 and you get an end of first round or even a second round compensation pick yeah, for him. Yeah, it's tough. It's a, it is a it's fine tough. line and yeah. that we'll get to shortly nuts and bolts. Okay. Do you have anything so for you, the whiteboard? Okay, so you go and put up, put yep. that up on your whiteboard. While you're up there, under my name, can you please put up Nathaniel Fife? And I say that because I've been wanting well, a couple of reasons. One is that I've been wanting to talk about this guy for a while and secondly because we had a great listener question. That's right, Mitch. The listeners, they're coming with questions. What are your thoughts on roster boss sneaking his favourite son and out of favour docker, Nat Fife, to the Saints next year? Cheers. Thank you, Harley. Not just a, uh, a listener message, but a voice message. We encourage voice messages Love here it. at Tradies. Do you know a good mate of mine, Mitch, actually, when he first talks to girls, if he gets yeah. their number or like their Instagram DM, he goes straight in for the voice message. I like it. He reckons it's, it's the best go-to because it gets his personality out there quite quickly. 
Yeah. You don't have to worry about these awkward texts where you're sort of trying to pick up tone. And that's why we like that from Harley. I love that for dating, for podcast messaging, everything. <laughs> anyway, back onto Nat Five. So I've been wanting to talk about Five for a little while, but I think after what we've just seen on the weekend, so he's a late withdrawal. Justin Longmuir in his press conference then says he's probably out for two with plantar fascia. Not a great injury when you're at 31. Yeah. We've since learned during the week, we're recording on a Tuesday night for those interested, that Freeman refusing to rule him out for the derby. I'm not sure why you'd play him if he's got plan of fashion, you're playing the West Coast Eagles. Anyway. So he's 31, 32 at the end of this year. He's coming to the end of a six-year, $6.5 million deal, which yep. was not front or back-ended. So it's basically what they call flat or straight, whichever way you want to want to say it. And he was at the peak of his powers when he signed that deal. Yeah. So call it 1.1 a year. He's won another Brownlow. Yep. Three-time All-Australian, three-time Best and Fairest winner. I think it's been just an excellent deal. Like, I don't think you could you could have a crack at Fremantle about it. If I'm a Victorian club and I'm looking at Nat Fife and I'm Carlton or Melbourne or Geelong or the Bulldogs or one of these teams that's, you know, I hate using that phrase, but in the window. In the window. I'm looking at it and I'm saying, well, I can't see the Dockers offering him a long-term deal. He's basically been he's- pushed out of that midfield and been prioritised as a forward. So the average wage is 407 I'm offering him that times two or three to come over. It's a risk, absolutely a risk. But you sound a bit like Ross Lyon there. <laughs> it's a risk. <laughs> That'll get back to Ross. Careful. <laughs> I've already annoyed part of the Saints. Yes. Any phone calls this week? No. Oh, good. None for me either. That's Which good. we're not trying hard enough. I'm offering him a two or three year deal. And three I'm saying, would be a stretch yeah, with I, I, his body. He played seven games last year, broken down again, but not he, broken down, but he's gone the, again. If he gets to the end of a second and it's clearly it's not going to happen, you probably negotiate to, you know. Yeah, or two we'll, with the trigger. We'll delist you and, you know, we'll pay you. 150 of your 400 because you're not going to play. And like, you can always get around that sort of stuff. But for me, his best is absolutely worth the risk. You throw him as in, a, in, the, in as that extra midfielder that can go forward. He only needs to play 15 games a year. I just think clubs are starting to look at him. There's phone calls being made. Is yeah. that what you're saying? Yeah. His name's getting bandied around a bit. Two questions. Is Nathaniel Fife actually his birth, on his birth certificate? Or did I think just- so. Pretty sure he's a Nathaniel. Okay. I'm almost positive. It's a cool name. It is a cool name. I agree. I'm not a Samuel, though. Okay, I'll take that back. I'll have to- No, no, I'm happy with you to call me that. I'm just for- for, for (laughs) Second question, do you think a player like him with what he's achieved in the game and his personality would be open to a move like that? The glitz and glamour of the MCG, Melbourne, big high profile. Frio, for what they've done even in the last 12, 18 months, don't get many primetime games. It it feels to me like- Nat Fife would be a MCG Friday night sort of guy. I would love that stage and being offered that as part of a package. And you know what you do as well. So if I'm Craig Kelly, the new CEO of Collingwood, and we have a you're having a look at at Fife, right? Collingwood, you know, always looking for another forward, and they've always been into the glitzy, glamorous players. You go and do a deal with Lewis Martin at Channel Seven, ah, and you say, well, you've got a media career waiting for you. We're happy for them to overlap. So on top of the 400 that we're willing to give you to play, seven are going to offer you. 200 to go do Friday night football plus maybe yet. I know you guys don't actually have a football show as the host broadcaster, which is extraordinary in itself. But if, if you did, you know, if they brought back, found the cash to bring back game day. <laughs> I'm not saying it. I'm not. <laughs> I've never seen you guys so serious and so red. <laughs> um, no, but in all seriousness, you know, this is what the, these, these are the creative the conversations yeah. that they need to start having. And I, I'm I'm with you. Like, I think Fife finishing his career in front of 80, 90,000 people at the MCG just makes sense for me. Plus- The flag, for- the premiership medallion, just dangle that in front of him because he, he's got close. Yeah. Well, of course he has. Just finally on Fife, do you think he's a forward or a midfielder and on that two-year deal? Look, because I, I think he can play forward. Six goals, 21 in, in 2021. His, his yeah, goal think kicking he, was a- I think he's only kicked- 
12 goals in the last two seasons and two games. And I think he's only kicked over 20 once. But he's never really played and needed to play yeah. like forward. Outside of the last so it's, 18 look, months. It's a risk. It's a calculated risk. Thank you, Ross. For me, for me, he's worth it. He's on my whiteboard this week. I want to revisit another whiteboard item while we're in the uh, whiteboard segment. I like it. And that is Cozzy Pickett. Yep. Two-match suspension. He was your first ever whiteboard in the history of the trade. He was, and he's up there at the top of the list right now. That'll win me winning awards in five years' time. That'll, that'll come back up. <laughs> and played one of the great round one games off the back of it. Before getting suspended. Yep. He's got two weeks off. A lot of thinking time around his contract. I'm expecting him to spend some time in Adelaide over the next two weeks. Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. To visit how, family. Is, how did this not open the show? Hang on. Cozzy Pickett is couple, going just, back to Adelaide. Just a couple of days. Okay. So when's he meeting with Adelaide and Port? I've asked those questions. And wow. there is nothing in the diary. I think wow. it's just a couple oh, of days. There's nothing in the diary. So are you and you and or Tom going over there to follow him around? <laughs> uh, might go for a look somewhere. No, no. I I don't know when. But this is amazing. With, with the two week suspension, it's a couple couple of days off here and there. You'd be allowed to get back. The other thing was at training on Monday had a couple of his cousins there. So Melbourne clearly opening the invitation to the family to try and get him involved. It's a big decision for him this, this year. Is amazing. Opening the door. He is just one to watch in the next few weeks if he does put pen to paper with the demons. I don't expect it to come, but just keep an eye on it. I tell you what, it'd be funny if because let's be honest, he's probably going to meet with someone from Port or Adelaide or both. Like it would be it would be silly if he doesn't. If and when he does and Melbourne find out about it. Now they might publicly not be like this, but you know, if you or I got on the the front the phone and rang whoever, they'd be bristling, oh, we're meeting with other players, contractor. Rah, rah, rah. But not so long ago, the shoe was on the other foot. Remember yeah. Jake Lever? Yeah. Now I'm just. You've, you've, they met Brody Grundy in season last year too. That's right. They met him in the finals. They did a zoom with him because I was in Perth. Yeah. And Simon Goodwin and Alan Richardson zoomed with Grundy from Perth. Is that that about right? Or my year early there? I think you might be thinking of someone else. No, I'm thinking of Chera. Sorry. Yes. I'm thinking Chera. of Chera when they made a late bid to try to steal him from Carlton. Yep. They did a zoom meeting with him. Yep. Jake Lever, I think, met with Melbourne players in Alice Springs. Had they played them in the same week when he was playing for the Crows? Yeah. Fair to say, Alice Springs not that many cafes place. in Alice Springs where you can sort of hide. A little bit different to Melbourne where if you don't want to hang out in Richmond <laughs> to the MCG, you can go to Fitzroy, you can go to Brunswick. I know you don't hang out north because you're more of a sort of Elwood, Albert Park operator, but there's a lot more sort of indie places to hang out in Melbourne. Alice Springs, a little bit harder. Is that a situation where they're all in the same hotel in the same city and it's- <laughs> Probably. Instead of getting the elevator level six, you get it to level 11. Yeah. And you end up out the front of someone else's room. It's a little bit harder these days with Twitter. You know, everyone, <laughs> everyone becomes a journo when they've all got phones. Okay, so Cozzy back on the whiteboard. Wow. How much is he going to be paid? What's his contract going to look like? I think the market says at another club for a game changer like Pickett, and he's it's a one game, so we need to see for the full season, but ability to hit run in the midfield. Yeah, yeah. give me a number. Probably 75800 So what you're telling me right now is that you think Darcy Parrish and Cozzy Pickett are of equal value. One's a trade. That is Madness. So, you think how much more do you think Cozzy Pickett is worth? He's than a three hundred thousand dollar a year better player. No, not three hundred. I'll give you. I'll what give you a hundred or hundred and fifty. The Crows are paying Rankin eight hundred. Yeah, that was to get that. You had to. Pro- he was almost. He might had the, the pen so close. Footy. He had the pen so close to signing a deal with the Suns, and they had to prize him out. Eight hundred for a bloke who's a small forward who hasn't achieved much is is extraordinary. I mean, Pick, Pickett's oh, already I, proven. I himself. agree, it's overs for Rankin, but. For a club like the Crows, who else? They they're not paying exorbitant fees to others. They've got the room to. I just think it's what it says. I mean, you pay him small forwards that haven't achieved anything that much. At least like Cosy's achieved. Cosy's done it in big games. Yeah, 
Cozzy's an $850,000 player and Parrish is a $600,000 player. Yeah, I'm putting a bit of extra tax on the Parrish one because he's a free agent yep. and given the fact that clubs will pay more because they don't have to give up a pick, most likely a first rounder. Yep. So, anything else for you for the whiteboard? No, just the one for me this week, but I'm going to take charge of nuts and bolts. So, Hello, my beautiful friends and family. Guess what? I am back. I am back. Third time lucky. My third time drafted in my life. I'll be making a return to footy as a part of the Carlton Draft, along with some big household names. Not as big as my name, but uh, some quite big names. Isaac Smith, Trent Cotchin, Matty Lloyd, Lee Montagna. Some of the all-time greats of our game, as I've just mentioned. One lucky Victorian women's community club will get the chance to draft the AFLW GOAT Aaron Phillips to play as a wildcard. How bloody good is that? If you're a part of women's community footy and you are keen to get Aaron down, enter now at thecarltondraft.com.au. That's thecarltondraft.com.au. 18 plus, drink responsibly. Oh, uh, if you're tuning into Tradies for the first time, this is basically where we take you right into the heart, to the background of a deal or a situation that has unfolded that may be continuing to unfold in the future. This week, we're doing Ben King. Now, I want to raise him on a couple of fronts. One is that the, he's contracted at the, the deal Gold to get him initially and then re-sign him. Okay. I like this. A few different layers. But the, the main reason I'm bringing you up now is that he's contracted till the end of next year. He's just coming back from a knee. He ain't hanging around if Gold Coast keep going down this path. Like that's just that's just clear. So he's 24 midway through next year. So in the last six months of your last four months of his contract, yep. he's going to be 24, just starting to hit peak of his powers. There's no way he's signing another another deal at Gold Coast unless he sees positive movement. But this was the initial pitch to him when he signed his last deal, that's, that things are on the rise. That's right. And, and so everything was on the way up. The Suns should be playing finals. Everyone signed around him with Rail Anders. I'll let you yep. continue. But why are we in this situation again? I know yep. it was Sydney round one. They were always outside for that game. But Essendon, Marvel Stadium round two, that's a game they should be winning if they're legit this year. Yeah, and we're just starting to get into that, that <laughs> so, footy talk mode. We're into that air raid siren. Yeah, you're 100% right. Now, he's on ridiculous cash. He's getting a little bit of help from football, we're talking football Queensland. More your value for Pickett or Parrish? Yeah, no, no. No, he's he's on over 800. It's big money. Yeah. But to your previous point about, well, who else are they going to pay? It's a no-brainer for the Gold Coast. Like They're getting a little bit of money that Tom Lynch's money came out of, that ambassadorial Queensland yep. um, cash. And for those who don't don't agree that clubs like Gold Coast should get that, well, it's hard enough, I reckon, in non-footy heartland. I'm okay with it. If it gets the, okay the, it. The, the little bit of money on top to help these guys stay, I'm fine. Because truth be told, they all leave anyway if you don't have success, as what happened with Lynch and May, right? But let's go all the way back to when they're drafted. Now, you might remember Max, twin brother at St. Kilda, didn't play much footy yep. in his draft year because he did his knee, I'm pretty sure, playing school footy yep. for Halebury, where he and Ben played at either end under the um, guidance of Matthew Lloyd. So both the King boys managed by Paul Connors, arguably the big player manager in the game. And at that time, St. Kilda's, well, I think he was, was he CFO then? It was before he came CEO. Might have been head of football. But Simon Lethlean had basically just been inserted in there after leaving the AFL. And he was using the Saints gym for his rehab from that same knee. Yeah. Both grew up big Saints fans. Both lived down the road from Moorabbin, where their parents lived down the road in Sandringham. Now, both Simon and Paul, both Glen Iris locals. So pitch yourself in a sort of like a leafy Glen Iris, East Malvern sort of cafe. Yeah, there's Sam McClure walking up the street with Central a coffee. Central Park areas? No, no, I'm not. No, it's, I, this is where you have track watches. So Lethlean and Connors are sitting there talking before the draft. And now, I'm not expecting either of these guys to come out and say, this is how it happened, by the way, but I'm telling you, this is what I believe happened. The conversation, something along the lines of, look, we want to draft Max, but drafting him... What, what, what pick did he go in the end? Pick five? Pick four, I think. Pick I think four before Bailey Smith. Before Smith, 
before Rosie. So the Saints were weighing up, I believe, Rosie or Max King. So Lukosius. Yeah, Walsh. Walsh, Lukosius. Rankin. Rankin. King. King. Rosie Smith. Yep. I'm going to triple check that as you continue to tell the story. But they're saying taking a bloke in the top five of a draft who's coming off a knee, that's a big risk. But what we're willing to do is we'll draft Max, but if and when Ben comes out of contract at the Gold Coast, because it was touted that they were going to take Rankin, Lukosius, and King, right? Yep. We would like first dibs. Now, first dibs. Now, as it happened- Is that is that a handshake? I think you can't a, put those things in writing no, in, you in can't, this day and age. Let me tell you. These conversations happen all the time. Footy and recruiting players is like anything else in life, Mitch. It's not about what you know necessarily, but who you know. And relationships, as it is in our caper with getting stories, yep. is everything. And St Kilda's been vocal in just recently about the reason they appointed Sauce was because of his connections and relationships. Yeah, and let's be honest, St Kilda have never shied away from the fact that they've been trying to get Ben. Yeah. Right? That was that was the whole point. They love Bayside players. Yep. Like Geelong. But I think the conversation was more, if we draft match, do you think that Ben goes and does his time up at the Gold Coast? But Gold Coast really struggling at this point. Yeah. It doesn't work out. Do you think we could- we could get him down. Now that's I'm not saying that these people are going to admit that this happened, but I'm telling you. And what this was is what the how what was the agreements from the King camp, as in the Connors, Paul Connors? No, 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 no agreements. No, it's no agreement. Like you, you and it's, you can't make an agreement like that, right? And anyway. It doesn't happen. So you can imagine the frustration of the Saints a few years later when Gold Coast out of nowhere, before just before trade period started, say, we've just announced Ben King on a four-year contract extension. Yes. And then, then the phone calls start. You hear from the AFL, you're hearing whispers from St. Kilda, have you heard how much they're paying him? Oh, you so know, at least this that is that sort of stuff, right? <laughs> I can't believe they're paying him over eight hundred. At one stage, someone told me they're paying him nine hundred. I thought, no, that can't be right. Somewhere over eight hundred. My point is this: Can I just quickly on that? So that's obviously just to explain how these things happen. One party comes out and, and talks about those things at the whispers, as you just mentioned. Yep. From the Gold Coast perspective, just play as devil's advocate, they would argue that they paid him overs to to keep Rao, to keep Anderson. Yep. Ben King was their figurehead. They needed to sign him and keep his signature, so the rest around him would follow. That was why the Suns are happy to pay. Overs from from their perspective. Yeah, and so you can understand now. Ben's sitting there. Now he's just coming back from a knee. He hasn't had much of the footy in the first two weeks. But as Matthew Richardson said on the weekend, like he play, his first four games back from a, doing a knee, he reckons he didn't get within the same suburb as the ball. But they're all practice games. Yeah. So we need to give him time. But I'm more I'm more talking from Ben's perspective of how much time can I commit? He can't be at this stage next year without having a fair understanding of what he's going to do. The Suns will pay him whatever he wants to stay, but it's it's not about that, is it? And that's what happened in the end with May and Lynch. Yeah. It feels to me it's Lynch all over again. And Connor's sports management- the- And because you mentioned on the first episode that Tom the Tom Lynch thing was basically 18 months out, yeah. right? Same manager, Paul Connors. And the Suns were going backwards at that time. At the, you know, it put it in his head, gave him time to think about it. No doubt there's cops on the phone- to Ben King, which I'm sure you'll get to. But just on the the Lynch situation, same management as Ben King, Paul Connors. Clubs always, you ask any club, they say Paul Connors and Robbie Drazio and his management team are always of the view, give the player two, four, six years, experience the market. Yep. They don't want to wrench them out. They basically never leave after two years. Yeah. it's No matter how bad the team's going. Give them time, settle in the environment, then assess. Yep. If King, if the Suns haven't improved, like you're saying, I'm with you. I, I think he's got every right to get out because what he was sold and pitched on signing that four-year deal, at this stage, we still haven't seen happen. Yeah. And this, we, we're getting slightly towards air raid siren sort of stuff, but- <laughs> 
This is why this year for Stewie Drew is so important. I know they've re-signed him, but at the end of the day, the AFL funds the Gold Coast yep. and GWS. They can't afford another year of mediocrity. And if Port Adelaide are at the stage when they're not going to make the finals or they don't look like they're going to win the flag and Kenny Hinkley's available, I'm telling you right now, Mitch, they'll come for him. Ken Hinkley. So, because they have to be, the Suns have, have to be once. made to be looking, pro, have to have to be made to look like they are being proactive because of people like Ben King. You can't, they can't have Ben King leave. And teams like Collingwood are watching this situation with Ben King. I was going to say, so Richmond were after Lynch 12, 18 months out. You're saying Collingwood is doing the same with Ben King. Well, I, I mean, look, Richmond are clearly going to have a crack at Ben King and or Cam Zerha. There's, there's no doubt about that. I, I think that- Zerha's just re-signed, but you think that could be on? Sorry, Larky. Yep. I meant Larky, not Zerha. Zerha's yep. just recommitted because they're looking for a replacement for um, Jack Rewalt. Yes. But- Collingwood have long been looking, Mitch, for a full forward, really since since who? Travis Cloak. I mean, it's been a while since Collingwood, being the massive club that they are, have had an absolute spearhead goal-kicking forward. Hasn't do it? they need one to Craig McRae in this new but model? That's a great question. It's a great question. But it's pretty – I mean, Melbourne will have a look, a look at Ben King. He, he's not going to be spared oh. offers. He's, they, they'll be coming out of the woodwork for him. We might even get to a club later on in our gap segment that Ooh, could I do like the it. same. Anyway, that's my uh, that's my nuts and bolts of Ben King. Looking forward to a few phone calls during the week after that one. Now it's time for overs and unders. Getting a lot of positive feedback about this segment. That's which good. players are earning way too much and yeah. which players need a pay rise? Let's start with uh, a man that just kicked a bag for the Swans. Joel Amati. He's always had to live in the shadow of Lance Franklin, and that's understandable. Yeah, so many have. 23 turning 24. It's time for this guy to blossom now. He's always shown that he- Is he out of contract? He's out of contract in oh, it this year. good time to be out of contract. And I'm told the Saints had a little look last year when they lost Paddy Ryder. They were looking for a forward ruck, assessed the market a little bit. This guy came up on the radar and were told pretty early by the Swans that nothing will happening was happening because his contract was running to the end of 2023. But this year, the ball is in his court with his future. And if he sees himself stuck behind Logan McDonald and not getting the same opportunities, I think there's a spot for him on the market. I just want to ask one question. Could he be the second figure behind Tom DeConing in the market for the club's that don't get Tom DeConey on 800 grand. Mm. Could they come for a player like Joel Marty? Do you think he gets squeezed out if they get DeConey? Oh, absolutely. It's that same role, I think. Wow. Forward ruck. Could Carlton turn around? If, if DeConey leaves, turn around and say, we want a Marty. Just, just for argument's sake. A Marty He's and, not gonna... and two first round picks? Or... <laughs> Probably. He's not going to command much more than the average AFL wage on his current form, unless he booms this year and keeps his spot when Franklin comes back in. But he, I would argue, and don't know the specifics on his contract, but would be on not much more than $150,000, $200,000 yeah. plus match payments. Yeah, he's playing it. He's playing above that. On the weekend, undermanned Hawthorne side, yes, but did perform. If he can keep his spot, I think there's money for him on the market. Now, I don't know if this man's earning unders, but my guess would be yes. Luke Davies Uniac, who has announced himself as an A grader, so he re-signs for two more years at the end of last year in December. Now he's just come second in the BNF. Signs until the end of 25. Yep. So Connors and Durazio getting in early, tying him up for a few more years, but not doing long-term just in case bad things happen at North Melbourne. Now it is very early. You'd think that contract extension after the BNF result has him earning over 650 grand a year. You but think so? These first two games, he's 20 from 20 in the coaches' votes. So his first two games, he's suddenly playing like a eight hundred and seventy-five thousand dollar player. Yep. And to win the Brownlow this year. Well, I mean, I would have thought that was a ridiculous statement pre-season, but it's not anymore. Like he could. I don't think North are going to win 
nearly enough games. But like, if he ends up finishing top ten in the Brownlow, then you know how many players earn a million dollars? Like, yeah, ten or eleven. He's going to end up playing like a nine hundred thousand dollar player, and he wouldn't be on that now. So I think he's earning unders currently. Great call. Can't wait to see what he can do. If this is just him starting to touch the surface now, what can he turn into? And he's part of the um, he's part of the Dylan Friends family. Is he? Have you ever you haven't been listening to his podcast? Not recently. I've been busy as we touched on earlier. Off the top, you need to listen to more Dylan Friends. He's it is downloaded was, and subscribed. He was very, very good. And Dylan giving him shit for having a terrible Instagram account was very funny. Just while we're potting Luke Davis Uniac, I saw his golf swing in the off season. He's got a bit to work on there too. Wow. That is- Hope that doesn't get back. That is a golf it course it's going to get back. That's I, I, a I, clip. To be honest, you I think can't he can't have a go at someone's I, I, golf swing. I think he owns it as well. Luke, oh, is that a- if you're listening and you'd like to come play golf with either of us, <laughs> you're- more than welcome. And I haven't seen you goal swing, but even if I thought it was rat shit, I would never say that. Just on this segment quickly, there is no player in the competition, maybe in the history of the game. Here we go. It's not like you to make a big statement. <laughs> playing above their contract more than Nick Dacos yes, right now. that's a good point. So he is a second-year player, which so, means he's on, what, 120 plus match payments? So just looking at this, the pre-existing CBA before it was ripped up and done again through yep. COVID, this is rough ballpark figures. $140,000 base in your second year if you played more than 17 games the year before. Which he did. Which he did. So 140 grand plus five grand match payments. Yeah. So let's say he plays 22 games this year. Well, call it 20. Just just yep. call it 100. 240 grand. grand. Yeah. And then you get a, another max bonus of 12,000 for playing over 15 games in yep. total. So it's quarter of a million. Quarter of a million dollars. Which is 150 grand under the average wage. <laughs> under and the average wage. All that. Because second year players and that's first year amazing. players are capped on the CBA. So that's no matter amazing. how good they are, Will Ashcroft will be the same next year. Nick Dacos the same. Tim Kelly at Geelong was the same when he, I think, finished second or third in a Brownlow or he was definitely runner up in Geelong's BNF or may have tied for it at the time. Top five in the Brownlow, was he? Yeah, something like that. So he theoretically is earning 240, 250 grand this year to play footy. And he right now, Luke Davis Uniac Ballpark, eight fifty, nine hundred thousand oh, dollars. So I was just about to, so he's another another Connor's sports client. Yeah. Nick Dacos. I wonder, because Graham Wright and Colin Lucy think I just just sign him. Just well <laughs> put a blank check in front of him. Like, how much honestly, he signed though, a four year deal like, before he came, played a game of footy. Oh, that's right. So no, he's under two year extension. Yes. Yeah. So yes, yeah, so a two year extension on top so of his mandate. So they've probably signed him at four hundred. Yeah, four hundred a year because they've given him the extra. That's probably the going rate for a top five pick. Yeah. Before they've particularly guy who was like best on ground in intra club practice matches when he was a seventeen year old. And Nathan Buckley said he would have picked him as a seventeen year old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe five hundred thousand dollars a season, years three and four. You'd be wanting to sign him again now quickly. Yeah, it's pretty remarkable. Lee Matthews said on uh, radio this week that he was unequivocally their most important player. That is amazing for a bloke who's played 25 games. I'm not here to argue with Lee Matthews. Well, then don't. Just stop that sentence. No, who, who is it? It's got to be Darcy Moore. If you think right now, look at Collingwood's team. Yeah. If they can't, September comes around, well, it, who can they at least afford to lose to win a flag? Surely it's Darcy Moore. I think I probably agree with you. I, I agreed with Lee at the time. because I think Lee. our two opinions don't get near Lee Matthews one. No. Uh, before we go, no more gaps. So we pick a club and tell you what they need to add to their list to make it more complete. And we thought at zero and two, Mitch, we'd pick the reigning champs. Yeah, this is interesting. I think there's a few holes on their list going forward. Mm. And I couldn't really pin it down on one. I'm going to say the second key forward next to Jeremy Cameron after Tom Hawkins retires. So you can understand why they offered Charlie Kernow 
yeah. seven million bucks over six years. Interesting piece by Jack Nile. Great on the weekend. piece. Yep, really good. Local guy and incredible figures for a guy who had put together twelve months of footy with his history of incredible his body. Yep. Imagine him and Jeremy Cameron as a pair. <laughs> and Hawkins for another year or two. Sometimes the comp would have just packed up and gone. <laughs> That's why I think, and we mentioned it earlier in this series, but Tom DeConing is a big watch as a forward ruck. So you still think he's a chance to go to play this brother? I do. Okay. Where do you see his, if you were to break down percentages on Sydney, St Kilda, Geelong, I'd, outside, if he was to leave Carlton, where would they? Okay, assuming that he leaves. Let's just say. I, I'd have him at 60% Sydney. Right. Just because I think guys of that size and that age go for tenure. I think their management sort of say, because anything can happen to Ruckman. Yeah. You know, like- how many Ruckman do we think are going to play like – I mean, you know, look at Matty Cruiser as an example. Like You'd think they're going to be 280-game yeah. players, but things happen. Just oh. on that, has the industry not learned that offering long-term contracts for Ruckman off the back of what happened with Grundy in the last 12 yeah, months is not the right play? Fair point. I think for Sydney, it's one of those – it's a calculated risk. Yeah, and they whereas, do it. They do remember, like for Collingwood, it was, it was keeping him. Yeah. Whereas I, I think the argument for Collingwood always should have been, Brody, if you want to go, go home to Adelaide and take the extra 150 grand a year – we're not going to stand in your way. Yeah. But if you want to stay here and win flags with the club that drafted you and love you, yeah. stay for, you know, it's only 75 grand after tax, whatever it is. Like that's how I think they should have played it, but they didn't. Remember, this is getting Tom out of Carlton. Yeah. A little bit different. So that's where I just back to Deconing Geelong. There's a guy there, and I'm going to probably talk about him a few times this year, and not many people would know who this guy is, but Toby Conway. Mm. He's the one that Geelong are just behind the scenes quietly thinking he could be a genuine star ruckman in, mm. in the next two, three, four years. Yep. So that's just one. But as a forward ruck, I think that is their biggest hole. I think there's enough – before I go, what, what do you? where do you see their biggest hole before I start banging on about Geelong? Oh, I just, I'd like to see them go after another another mid. I think just with everything going on, like Selwood's gone, how, how much longer has Dangerfield got left? Guthrie's been probably playing above himself. You know, I know that they've – Been a star. I know that they've brought in, um, obviously, Bruin and they've brought in Gold Coast, Jack Bowes. I, I just think – Jai Clark as well with that pick Clark. they got as part of the Bowes transaction. Yeah, I sort of – I like what they've got down back with DeConing and Stewart and Henry. Yep. And I agree with you if they could add that extra ruck forward. But I reckon they just add that one more mid. Yeah. You know, and you could see why they were they were trying to do a little bit of work around Sam Walsh when he was going to Carlton and Oh hang on. So you're saying they've gone for two Carlton players in one hit, Kerno and Walsh. No, I think before Sam got drafted, uh, yeah. there were some conversations. A little bit of like, you know, Brisbane with Mark Murphy, albeit there was a little bit different because of the father son thing. But it was like when a team's not finishing down the bottom but they've got a connection, whether it's family or location to that yeah. pick. Yeah, I, I think I think that Andrew Mackey, the list manager there, would like to add one more younger mid. Yeah, so look at their midfield now. You've got Parfit. This is probably for the next Parfit, two or three years. Parfit probably gets a game for 15 other teams in yep. their starting 22. Is, yep. that, is that reasonable? Yeah, defensive-minded yep. midfielder. So I just wrote them down earlier. Clark, Parfit, Max Holmes, mm. Tanner Bruin, Tom Atkins, yep. to a degree, has played a bit more mid. Guthrie's 31 now, so, you know. He's been a good player. And then Dangerfield's 33 next week. And you've got like guys, guys like Bows on sort of the fringes. Is he a halfback? Is he a mid? That's for them to sort of work out in the future. But yeah, I think the extra mid conversation. I, I would think a bigger body mid too. Like Dangerfield plays that big, bullocking size mid. Yeah, they don't grow on trees though, do they? But just from what you read, that, that's a nice list of players. But don't it you reckon is. they're just that one extra star big name? Parish Potentially coming through? Yeah, sure. If you want to add Darcy Parrish down there, you can. <laughs> and then they've also got the flexibility of Jack Henry, who they actually trolled a bit forward in the preseason. He looks good, doesn't he? Yeah. But the foot injuries sort of hanging around. Okay. No more gaps. Thank you, Mitch. Can you see what our listeners actually think about Geelong? I reckon they might get involved in that at Tradies Podcast on a few platforms, Instagram, TikTok. I'm still trying to get Twitter back. It hasn't, it hasn't worked. 
You know, it's in, impossible contacting Twitter. It's all online, no phone calls. No phone calls. I like calling. Yeah, I like the same. You know, I don't like just sending an email and waiting. Yeah. The tradies are, are, are hitting Albert, well, you're already in Albert Park. The tradies are hitting the Grand Prix this week. Yeah. So for those who don't know, this is this is Mitch and I really sort of being um, big heads. We have both been cordially invited to the launch party of the Grand Prix, which is called Glamour on the Grid, and it's uh, it's actually at the track. Yep. So we're recording this on Tuesday. It's on Wednesday night. Mitch you got your I, suit ready? I do. I've got my suit ready. It's not really a suit. It's sort of more of an ensemble sort of- You're a real uh, flamboyant suit sort of guy. I'm probably more conservative. Well, it's funny you say that because last year I have a distinct memory <laughs> of you turning up in your seven suit. Is that fair? I think you're probably right. It might have even- You might have even left the little- Stupid seven badge that they put on the lapel. Not stupid. There. It's, uh, I'm not wearing it today, but it's. I quite like the little seven badge. Yeah, well, of course you do, because you're paid to say that. <laughs> um, that is not part of my contract. <laughs> but I, I think that, and if the lovely, if your lovely partner Kate is listening, I think that you should ditch the seven suit yep. and just, just. I'm not asking you to go for like pink or like purple or like green. Or just something a little bit different. Okay. I think, and then because we can get a photo together, and you know the tradies will be will be making big news. Someone has been mistaken for the tradies that you know work on the track that work all hours at this time of the year. In fact, that's what we should, we should turn up in our in our tradie gear. Everyone else in the media seemed to like it. Those blokes and women that work on the track that they work eighteen hour days this time of the year it is remarkable. We drive through Albert Park and they're working at three a.m. It's a strong way to finish the tra- <laughs> tradies podcast. Just sharing the love <laughs> for the tradies out there. Because Episode three, and this is what you get when you become an Albert Park local. These are the issues that matter. People working around the clock on your roads. Please uh, hit us up on Instagram and Twitter. Mitch is Cleary underscore Mitch. I'm S McClure 16 if you can still find me on Twitter. And uh, the Tradies Podcast as well, at Tradies Podcast, the Tradies Accounts, I should say, at Tradies Podcast on Instagram and TikTok. Mitch, we'll see you next week. See you at the track. Thank you for listening to another Producey podcast. If you enjoyed the show, it would be a massive help if you could like, follow, rate, subscribe, tap the bell, leave a review, or even share it with your friends. So if you want to get in touch, share feedback, suggestions, or to advertise with one of our podcasts, then simply email hello at Producey.com. Thanks for tuning in.